It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The only daily Premier League podcast. This is Football Social Daily. Hello and welcome to a special Saturday edition of the Football Social Daily. We are gearing up for the last 16 at Qatar 2022. The knockout stages are now confirmed. There's been a few shocks along the way, but take a breath because England are through and it's Senegal on the horizon on Sunday night. The three Lions against the Lions of Taranga, Kane versus Koulibaly as England push on for the quarterfinals. We'll be previewing the showdown in Alcor, the selection calls for Gareth Southgate and assessing where are England as they build up for the business end of the tournament. And then in part two, we'll be touching in on some of the other action this weekend as the last 16 gets underway. It's the US against the Netherlands, Messi against the Socceroos and England's potential, potential last eight opponents, France, as they take on Poland. And then to wrap it all up, we've got an England-themed last 16 quiz. Have they been here before? Yes, most definitely Yes. So let's get ourselves started. My name's Fergal Brennan and on Saturday morning duty, we have Ant McGinley feeling, feeling festive, feeling patriotic. I'm feeling, definitely feeling festive. I was feeling patriotic and I was feeling confident until you said the Lions against Lions thing. And now all I can think about is Mufasa versus Scar. And we all know how that ended. It depends who Mufasa and who Scar is on Sunday. (laughs) True. Um... We also have Dave Scott, Dave... James L. Jones. Dave, Lion, Lion, oh, Lion, Mano, oh, Mano on Sunday. It sounds great. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. It should be a, a good matchup. I think Senegal might struggle with the, the injuries they've got, but it should definitely be an interesting game. It should. Uh, before we kick off uh, all this Lion talk, uh, no animals were harmed in the recording of this podcast, and hopefully no Lions or any other animals will be harmed over the weekend because it is just football, but... It is also the World Cup and the last 16. And we're going to kick off with you. England against Senegal, the last 16. No going back, no hiding places now. It is straight knockout. And I want to talk about England's group stage performance before we get into previewing the Senegal game. Because prior to 
this weekend. England have got into the last 16 in every World Cup since 1986, except for the disaster in uh, in Brazil in 2014. That's not a bad return. And I want to throw another stat at you, which is seven points from three group games. That's England's best group stage return since 1986. Now, there's been a bit of a mixed, lukewarm reaction to how England have done in the group stages. But given the fact that they've never had it so good in the group stages at any stage since 1986, does that change your perception of them? I mean, the fact that you keep mentioning 1986 worries me slightly as well, because we all know what happened there. But um, I I think something we need to look at is... Yes, this is very, very good, in fact. And uh, w- one thing, I don't, I d- it doesn't seem that anybody really else is sort of focused on this and maybe nobody else uh, thinks that it's important. But when you look at all the teams that have gone through to the last 16, right, there's only five teams that are going through without a defeat into that uh, last round. So that's obviously England, USA, Morocco, Croatia, Netherlands. And... Um, Obviously, we've lost some big names like Germany uh, not going through. But I, I think that's possibly um, a reflection on the tactical approach that the whole England setup and Southgate have had going into this and the importance of not just qualifying, but also keeping momentum. And I know, you know, everybody was very critical and very um, concerned after the USA performance. But when you take a step back and put it in perspective of the group as a whole and the rest of the qualification groups and the other teams that are in there, I think (laughs) nothing can go wrong now. Wow, that could be famous, terrifying last words. Dave, what do you make of this? Because Ant makes a really good point there. When you look at those names, those five nations that have got through and not lost a game, they're not necessarily associated with the favourites to go on and win it. Portugal have lost a game, Brazil have lost a game, France have lost a game, Croatia, granted, were were finalists in 2018 and they have not lost. Spain also slipped up and lost a game, Argentina have lost. England are slow and steady, they've not lost. This is a good return from the group stages, from three matches, to get themselves through to the last 16. There's not been a moment where their qualification's been in real jeopardy, as was the case with all of those countries, with the exception of Brazil and France. They've got through. Maybe it's not been as exciting as other nations, but it has been almost textbook tournament football. Yeah, well, definitely. When you look at the sort of context of the tournament and the, the teams that have gone out or the teams that have lost a game in the, the group stages, then you've got to say it's a successful first three games that England have played. But just to go back to the history from 1986. I think the bar's pretty low in terms of what England have done through the group stages. If you'll indulge me to highlight for Statman Dave, in 86, they only won one game in the group stage. In 1990, they only beat Egypt in the group game. In 94, they didn't qualify. 98, they finished second after the disaster, which was against Romania. 2002, they only won once. 2006, they won two games, but they only beat Paraguay by an own goal and then scored two last-minute goals against Trinidad and Tobago. South Africa, they only beat Slovenia in the group. Like you said, Brazil, they weren't there. And Russia was a decent performance, but they beat a Panama that was there on holiday in Tunisia. So if you look at it in the wider context of how they've actually performed in group stages since 1986, then it is a brilliant return. They haven't got beat. So it's the momentum that I mentioned there that they can build on towards the game on Sunday. Then obviously maybe France after that. And it wouldn't be a big England game without huge speculation over the starting lineup. And everybody has got an opinion on what Gareth Southgate should do, what he will do, what he won't do. And ultimately, if it goes wrong, 
he'll be slammed. But if England go through, he'll be hailed as a tactical genius. Looking at the final group game um, against Wales, four changes from the previous two games where he was unchanged. Kyle Walker, Jordan Henderson, Phil Foden and Marcus Rashford all coming into the team. Rashford getting himself two goals and Foden also getting off the mark. And Phil Foden has been a huge topic of conversation in this World Cup because he's been so superb for Manchester City so far this season. And he did an interview this morning where he's described the World Cup as a mixed bag for him personally in terms of his participation for England. Southgate does have some big calls to make going into the Senegal game because he has been very loyal to certain players and he's received some criticism and he's received some praise for that. But you've got two guys that have scored the goals to get England through against Wales and performed superbly against Wales. There's a school of thought that says you don't change a winning team, but my spidey senses are tingling that Southgate will do that and he'll go back to the players that he generally trusts. I think your spidey sense might be on the money there, Fergal, uh, simply because uh, they did the job in the first two games that effectively you know, gave them the platform to, to go through with that performance in Wales. The only, the only thing really that I thought was very interesting, um, and, and I've been guilty of this myself, is this belief that Southgate isn't sound tactically. You know, he's very good as a man-manager. He's very good at looking after players and building them up and keeping faith with those players and, and not necessarily having favourites, but all always having players that will put in a performance for him, whatever's going on for them uh, at a club level or what the, the belief is of the fans. But what we saw on the, the Welsh game you know, nil-nil at half-time, and that that little switch, switching Rashford and Foden over, made such a big difference, and it just seemed to really open everything up. And um, I I think in in terms of Foden being a little frustrated, I actually think that's quite a good thing, you know, because I think a hungry Foden is 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 a good thing to have. Like he's already been on said, you know, the the goal the other night was one of the highlights of his career, and considering you know he's he's achieved quite a lot. In his in his tender years, um, you know that that that's obviously a good sign. He's obviously very committed. And bear in mind, um, I think he's the only member of the squad that's actually won a World Cup with the under seventeens in India a couple of years ago. Um, but I I do I mean I would really like to see if I was if they put me in charge. The way I would play it is I would actually move Foden into the middle. I know a few people have said this, and then have Rashford and Saka on the wings. But that said, I think there's also something very powerful in having. Uh, the likes of Rashford and of uh, Foden as impact subs. You know, you can imagine the impact of, if you know, you're going in nil-nil, 60 minutes into the game, bringing one or both of those on, really livening up the things, the, the action down the wings. I think that could have a real impact. I just think that now that we're into that knockout stage and this is what still, uh, Southgate has all been about, they'll have gained this in their heads so many times over the years. They'll have a strategy for this point that they'll have worked on and worked on and worked on. And I think it may be, especially in the first half, uh, not the most attractive game we've ever seen. You, maybe you might see the first five minutes, uh, a, a very explosive five minutes like we saw in the second half against Wales. But apart from that, I think it's going to be very steady and it could come down to looking towards, you know, that last half hour and the extra time. It's a difficult situation for Gareth Southgate to be in, Dave. And I just want to get your take on how he handles this, because either way, there's going to be disappointed players that he needs to 
motivate to make sure that if they're on the bench that they come on and make an impact if he goes back I say the tried and trusted that's probably more relevant to, to Raheem Sterling than Bukayo Saka but that does seem to be his pre- preferred two wide forwards either side of Harry Kane he's either going to have to go to them and particularly Raheem Sterling and say you've been my guy for years you were the key man in Euro 2020 and Saka you've been one of the best players in the Premier League with Arsenal this season but tonight isn't your night or he has to go to Rashford and Foden and say you got us into the last 16 Marcus Rashford's been very vocal in the media about how he feels in a better place more positive about himself and and that's being reflected in his form for Manchester United and England and you've also got Phil Foden, who's also been quite outspoken about the fact that he's a little bit ticked off that he's not playing more. There's one of two difficult conversations for Gareth Southgate to have. Which difficult conversation do you think he's going to have? Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want to be the person to either let down Foden or Rashford or the Stalin, Stalin, uh, Sterling or Saka. For me, I'm a, I agree with um, with Ant that I'd, I'd rather him not be pragmatic and maybe start with Foden and Rashford because I just think they'll be probably more detrimental given their performances, particularly Rashford against Wales to go in and say, OK, you're not starting against Senegal. I just think that might hit him back a little bit. I know what Ant's saying about Foden. It may make him a little bit more hungry to come off the bench, but... I'm a stickler for, I prefer free-flowing football uh, and I just think Southgate will be very sort of sturgid and mechanical almost with the, with, with the England team against Senegal. But I just think with Rashford and Foden, it offers the opportunity for them to run in, run in behind Kane because Kane's going to be man marked throughout the game, I imagine, by Koulibaly. But for me, I just think Rashford's on absolute fire. Um, and he'll get a lot more stick in the press, I think. If he doesn't call up Rashford, and England get beat, that will be the that that will be the main talking point. And I think it might be an easier conversation to have with Sterling and Saka as they didn't play against Wales as to the reason why they might not play against Senegal. Uh, we're going to move on to Senegal and, and give them a bit of a preview going into this weekend. And they had a tough start losing to Holland, uh, losing to the Netherlands even in their first game, but they bounced back, beat Qatar, and then beat Ecuador to get through to the knockouts. And as I mentioned before, they have had their pressure moment of win or bust in the group stages against Ecuador to get over the line. And this was maybe if you had a wall chart and you were looking to plan the path for England to the World Cup final, this was probably a matchup that a lot of fans were expecting. And there's plenty of names in the Senegal team, obviously no Sadio Mane, but lots of Premier League names that you will recognise. Idrissa Garner Gay from Everton, Kaladu Koulibaly and Edouard Mende, both from Chelsea, Ismail Assar from Watford in the Championship now and Papis Mende from Leicester. They are a good team. They have impressed. They will play a system that probably won't change based on the last couple of games. Uh, Alu Cisse likes to go for a Premier League style 4-2-3-1. They've got speed in wide areas. They've got a lot of goal threat. They've got experience in important areas with Koulibaly and, and Gay. This won't be easy for England. But have Senegal got enough to beat England? Yeah. I mean, is is the simple answer to that? I mean, I think you know, often at these uh, tournaments, it, you're, it's very easy to come in and underestimate an opponent, and uh, that has happened much to England's detriment in, in previous tournaments, and also what we've seen in this tournament uh, to the detriment of other sides that have you know just not expected these performances uh, to be pulled out. Um, I think, as you, as you say, you, it, they're littered. 
uh, with uh, Premier League talent going through the team. And also, I, th- I think the interesting thing is almost on the on the flip side to what I was talking about England in terms of like how great it is that they've come through uh, unbeaten. By losing their first game, um, Senegal are effectively, they're already into no- to knockout football. They've already had, you know, one game, which was, you know, they had to win to get through. And so potentially there is a bit of momentum there that uh, may be of a concern. I want to ask about another player that's been chatting to the media in the last couple of days, Dave, and that's Declan Rice. I'm not going to talk about the fact that he's hinted he wants to go and play Champions League football because I don't want to upset any West Ham fans that might be listening. But in terms of England and what he said, he said that, this could be a banana skin for us against Senegal. They've been very good in the group stages. We need to be ready and we need to be in a position where we test them as much as they test us. But he's also said that England need to give themselves a bit more credit and that some of the bigger nations, particularly those that have lost the game getting through the group stages, will fear England. Now, that's a big word for him to use. And I think we've been here with England before. I always think, In major tournaments, choose your words incredibly carefully when you're in a press conference or speaking to journalists because you can easily get lost in the moment. Is there a little bit of that with Declan Rice? England should be confident. They've performed well. They deserve to be where they are. Do you think the big guns, as he calls them, France, Brazil, etc., do you think they fear England? And do you think they should fear England? I mean, it's like that old saying, isn't it? Pride comes before a fall. It's quite a bold statement that Declan Rice has made there. Look, I think on paper, the England team as a whole is as good as any of the teams that you mentioned in there, France and Brazil. I don't think that we've got a world's best in our team in any given position, but I think if all of them click and play together, then it's more of a fearful prospect if Southgate can get them all playing great football whether that happens or not then I think that that should be fearful but I, I don't know I, I can't imagine like Mbappe or Messi are at home sort of like dreading coming up against Declan Rice because I think that they'll, if we do go through and play France then France will be majorly confident that they're going to go through but you can't go into any game sort of with any fear yourselves can you you've got you've got to sort of say you, you, you are going to beat whoever's in front of you there's confidence isn't there I think and I think that that's sort of that's needed at these stages in the World Cup but uh, it's not something I would have said Right before we take a break predictions Ant I'm going to go to you first on this England against Senegal in the World Cup 2022 last 16 how is it going to go down are we sitting here on Monday talking about England in the last eight or are they out are we saying predictions like what we actually think will happen or what we want to happen? Because my heart would love to see a guts and glory 3-2 win for England. But I have a feeling we might be looking at a one goal edge in like one nil in extra time. Okay. I mean, that's that's a mix between guts and glory and pragmatism, which is which is a very Gareth Southgate thing. But you go for an England win either way. Uh, let's just say I'm going for Mufasa. Mufasa, <laughs> very cryptic. Uh, cryptic Lion King references. Dave, what do you reckon? Uh, I think England will win. I'd like him to set up with Rashford up front and then try to go for goals earlier on. But I agree with Ant there. It's going to be a pragmatic performance and... Just the way this World Cup's gone with freak results, you don't want to be going into them last 10 minutes where it's nil-nil. Uh, but I think it's going to be a 1-0 England win. 
I'm going to go for an England win as well. I'm going to go 2-1. I think Senegal will cause a few problems. And I think, unfortunately, there is going to be some nerves for England fans. But I think they've got just enough to get through. So, 3 for 3 in terms of England reaching the last 16 up against Senegal this weekend. After the break, we're going to be talking about who they could be facing in the last eight. According to the wall chart, it is France. They're taking on Poland today. Robert Lewandowski and co. squeaking through to the knockouts and the last 16 action kicks off with a couple of crackers. We're going to be previewing all of the last 16 games in the next part of the podcast and testing the guys' knowledge of England in the last 16. So, all that to come after the break. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Hello and welcome back to a Saturday edition of the Football Social Daily. With the World Cup in full swing, we are popping up and down with podcasts almost every single day. You can hit subscribe up the top and get access to a brand new show as soon as it is ready. We are covering the tournament all the way until the end. Before the break, it was England. They take on Senegal this weekend. But we're now going to look at some of the games that go on before England's meeting with Senegal and Netherlands against the United States to kick off the last 16. This was maybe a predicted tie looking at the groups and how they were probably going to match up when all the group stage matches were finished. Both of them have had their moments without maybe really taking the tournament by storm. The United States obviously quite impressive against England, got the win against Iran to get themselves through, whereas the Netherlands, it was the other way around. They started strongly, beat Senegal, and then maybe kind of tapered off a little bit in the middle. Cody Gakpo's goals have been massively important. Who are you giving the edge to in this one? Well, outside of Gakpo, I've, I've not really seen much to sort of light a fire under my passion for for Netherlands in this World Cup, which rarely happened because they're quite often a second team when it comes to tournaments like this for me. And I, I, would, I would actually not be very surprised if the USA spring what would be seen as a surprise over the Netherlands here. I think, you know, they held England like it was like a 12-round, you know, uh, tie the other night. And there's some... I think there's possibly an opportunity for for USA to 
to really wake up the world here. The, there are some class players in there. We've already seen uh, Weir score. Giovanni Reina's only had a couple of minutes in this tournament. Um, son of Claudio. Um, he's a real talent uh, currently at Borussia Dortmund. I think he could make all the difference. And so, as again, as much as you know, my head thinks this is going to be a, a pretty much a walk in the park for Netherlands, something tells me they're not quite all there. And I see USA edging this one to make a very exciting last eight appearance for them. Okay, so that's the first last 16 prediction from uh, Football Social Daily, the USA through to the last eight. Dave, moving on to tonight's game, Argentina against Australia. Australia, bit of a surprise package getting through to the knockout stages, super organised, gritty, Harry Souter heading away absolutely everything. I think if he threw rocks at that boy, he'd, uh, he'd head them away to get Australia through. But... Let's just take a moment, and I think you and I are going to appreciate this. The narrative, messy, date with destiny, etc., etc., etc. It looked difficult for them to start with, but Messi's turned it on. This is a very, very winnable last 16 game for them. Is it still on, Messi getting his hands on the trophy? Yeah, I think so. I think it might be like a step too far for Australia. And just seeing the celebrations of them getting through the group stage, I don't think there'll be any you know, regrets about how they performed at this World Cup. But I think Argentina, when they took on Poland the other night, Poland were pretty non-existent, but I thought that second half of football of Argentina was one of the best in the tournament so far. And it could have been quite easy from when they got beat against Saudi Arabia on one of the early games for them to drop the heads up as they've done in the past, but they seem to have turned it round and they're really clicking. And I've been really impressed with the Argentina players. Um, is it the, the lad the lad from Brighton uh, who scored the other night and uh, uh, Alvarez as well? And I just think they're going to have far too much now. I mean, Brighton are having a fantastic tournament, aren't they, for uh, World Cup players? I don't think anyone could have predict- predicted that earlier on in the year. Um, but yeah, I think Argentina will it'll just be a walk in the park. Okay, so we've got USA and Argentina through based on Saturday's last 16 games and the first game on Sunday before England kick off against Senegal. So the interesting thing here is England will know who they're playing in the quarterfinals if they can get past Senegal and it'll either be France or Poland. Poland qualifying in kind of bizarre circumstances. The booking points almost was the most important thing, but eventually it was a goal difference that squeezed them through into the knockouts. France were sensational for two day, uh, two games even, and then a bit meh in the final game against Tunisia. I know they made a, quite a few changes. Do you see a, do you see a bit of a shock here, or do you just think Mbappe foot down on the gas? See you later. I think the only shock uh, we'll see in this is if Poland go for it, because I think uh, with that sensational couple of games and the talent that they've got in the French squad, even. Uh, with, with missing a couple of key players uh, like Benzema, um, I think Poland are, are going to go for penalties on this one. Honestly, I think this could be a real backs-against-the-wall performance and Poland just thinking our only chance of getting through this game is getting it on penalties. Obviously, uh, they've got an amazing goal scorer in Lewandowski, but he has not got uh, the pace to trouble that French defence and hit them on the break. Um, so the only opportunity is going to be maybe nicking something from a corner. But I honestly see, you know, with with the pace of Mbappe as well, them going defending very, very deep and uh, holding out. So I think it could be a bit of a, a bit of a siege in process that we watch that game, and it, it ultimately ends up to toss of a coin and go into penalties. Ooh, and if it goes to penalties, go on. <sighs> you know what? This tournament's been that crazy. I'm going to say Poland. Ooh, 
Oh, okay, we will be revisiting that uh, on Monday or Tuesday if you get that wrong. And But a bold prediction, and you are right, it has been a, a bit of a wild World Cup and a big shock in the last last 16 would not be uh, would not be that much of a surprise so Poland is the official football social daily pick to face either England or Senegal in the quarterfinals right before we wrap up I did promise you a quiz to uh, to test your last 16 knowledge so we've got three questions each based on England's previous performances at this stage of a world cup so it is the England world cup last 16 quiz I've got my bell and we're uh, we're set. Who want? Do you know what? I'm feeling feeling festive. Who wants? Who wants to go first? Let Ant go first. He's got his festive jumper on, hasn't he? <laughs> the enthusiasm. <laughs> go on. Who wants to go first? Go on. Uh, with Christmas spirit, I will give it to Dave. Oh, thank you very much. Okay. Right. So, Dave, you're first. So we're starting with Italian ninety, oh. all the way up to uh, to uh, to Russia twenty eighteen. Okay. okay. Right, Dave, you're set. Yep. Question one for Dave. Who did England beat in the last 16 of Italia 90 before facing Cameroon in the quarterfinals? Before playing... You only get one guess, Dave. Uh, Egypt? I know this. I know this. No, that is... Can I go? Can I go? Go on, but you don't get a point, but go on. Uh... David Platt scoring against Belgium with a terrific goal. You get a bell ring, but you get no point. Yes, it was Belgium that they beat in the last 16. Dave, come on. Right, Ant, we're going to throw over to you for your question. Moving on, after not qualifying for USA 94, England's last 16 clash with Argentina at France 98 was dominated by David Beckham's red card and Michael Owen's wonder goal. But who missed the decisive penalty in the shootout. I mean, penalty number five. Who missed penalty number five against Argentina? Oh, geez. Right, okay. Um, was it David Batty? Correct. It was David Batty. Paul Ince also missed in the shootout, but it was David Batty who missed the famous penalty. Right, Ant in the lead. Dave, time to get you back on track, Okay. Moving on to 2002. Rio Ferdinand, Michael Owen and Emil Heskey were all on target in England's 2002 World Cup last 16 win. Who did they beat? Uh, um, oh, I think it was like a Nordic country. Correct, yeah. Um, Denmark. Ooh. Bingo. We're back in business. We're back in business. Okay, right. Uh, moving, <laughs> moving on to 2006. And England beat Ecuador oh, 1-0 oh. in the last 16 of the 2006. I was there. I oh, was there. Oh, wow. Okay, right. They beat them well, in the uh, 2006 World Cup. This is the easiest answer <laughs> ever. Who scored the winner? Go on, Ant. Uh, it was in Stuttgart. I was behind the goal. There was that many England fans descended on the place. There wasn't enough uh, accommodation for them. So they ended up digging up a car park and turning it into a campsite. So I slept on broken asphalt to see David Beckham whipping that free kick. What a goal. It was indeed David Beckham. So a uh, 2-1 to uh, to Ant going into the final round of questions. Uh, these are a bit tougher, but uh, I've got every faith, Dave, that you're going to get this right, OK? Fingers crossed. 
in the World Cup 2010, England were hammered 4-0 by, uh, sorry, 4-1 even by Germany in the last 16. Who scored England's only goal in Bloemfontein? That was when Lampard should have got the goal. Is that my right? That that was when. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's the right game. I'll give you a little clue, Dave. Yeah. Uh, it's a defender. Not a very well-known defender. He played for Arsenal, but I don't think he was playing for Arsenal when he scored the goal. Well, yeah, because he was playing for England. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Um, uh, what's his name? What's his name? He's got... Oh, oh, I can see his face. Ashley Cole. Come on, Dave. Um, no. Come on, Dave. Upson, Upson, Matthew Upson. Correct, correct, wow, correct, correct. That makes Upson, correct. Right, and Up, and in the interest Upson. of fairness, and I'll give you a little hint on this one as well. But that was a great shout for uh, for Matt Upson, the only goal scored against Germany uh, in the 2010 last 16. And yes, it was the uh, ghost goal from Frank Lampard against Manuel Neuer. Right. England didn't qualify for the last 16 in 2014 in Brazil, but they did obviously reach the knockout stages and on to the semi-final in Russia 2018. So this is your final question, Ant. England did manage to get through a penalty shootout in the last 16 against Colombia in 2018. However, there was one penalty missed in the shootout in Moscow. Who missed it? And I'm going to give you a clue. They are currently in the England squad in Qatar. So there was one penalty missed. Who missed it? To send us to a tiebreaker. Was it Sterling? That is... Incorrect. Oh! Dave Scott takes it. It was Jordan Henderson who missed from the penalty spot against Colombia. Yeah, Jordan Henderson's (laughs) penalty miss. Uh, But obviously, from an England perspective, it didn't make too much of a difference because Eric Dyer knocked in the winner and England went through. Dave, congratulations. Does that make that was two all, wasn't it? Does it? Oh no! Oh yeah, that's right. You got a penalty. (laughs) Uh, You got. That was a penalty. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Uh, right. Yeah, so, do you, you work in for FIFA with this kind of corruption? I am, I am. Sorry, my mistake. My mistake. I just want to. I just want. I just wanted to hand over over it today. Right. So we've got a we've got a tiebreaker situation. So I'm going to give you one guess each. Okay. We've got a tiebreaker situation, and we're going to go back to the normal system. Dave goes first, Ant goes second. You get one guess, no backsies. One guess. Okay. Right. So the question is: Prior to 2018. England only won one other major tournament penalty shootout. It was in a European Championships. Who did they beat? I'll go for France. You're going to go for France. Okay, I'm not going to reveal the answer just yet. Ant, who are you going for? If we both get this wrong, is it whoever's geographically closest to the country? <laughs> uh, no. If you both get it wrong, I'm going to di- I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to dig out uh, another another tiebreaker. All right. So go on, give us your guess, uh, Ant. I, something in me says Sweden. Something in you says Sweden. All right, I can tell you that you're both actually wrong. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a theme around this and say that I'm gonna tell you the country and whoever can tell me the competition wins. So it was Spain. Dave, name the competition. Euro '96. And what's your answer? Euro '92. Oh, it's Euro 96, yes. The summer where it nearly came home was England's first ever major tournament penalty shootout win, beating Spain to uh, to progress through the tournament. So we return to my previous statement from a few minutes ago, and Dave Scott is the winner. Congratulations, Dave. 
Thank you very much. Well played, Ant. Hollow victory. <laughs> Hollow victory. <laughs> uh, Ant, I can only apologise for my uh, Gianni Infantino-inspired mistake from before, but there has to be winners and there has to be losers, just like this weekend. There's uh, there's winners and losers in uh, in every instance this weekend. But we're going to call it a day for uh, this edition of the Football Social Daily World Cup special. The guys will be back on Monday reviewing England's performance. Will they? Won't they do it? They'll be catching up with all of the action as England look to push on. But for now, Ant, Dave, as always, thank you so much. Rawr. Anyone, have you got another roar to back that up? Cheers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's Mufasa versus Scar right there for you, folks. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. Don't forget to hit subscribe uh, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, and you can get access to all of our <laughs> World Cup content. <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye for now. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.